My name's Andrew Palmer. I'm the Dungeon Master for Chasm Quest. I also work for Nashville Public Library. I work at the Bellevue Branch with Teens, where we do a lot of D&D programming, a lot of stuff like this, adventures that we do um, over the summer and some during the school year um, for both adults and teens. Um, if you want to see more about that, just go to nashvillepubliclibrary.org, um, or library.nashville.org. Awesome. Yeah. Um, What's up, man? Yeah. Um, nothing much. Um, I've been interested in D&D for a while, and I currently kind of stayed up like for three hours last night, kind of working on a small draft of a D&D thing I want to get done. Mm, nice. um, I'm titling it Cybernetic Knights, kind of a sort of cyberpunk, like the new game that was launched at E3, I forget what it's called, Cyberpunk. Oh, killer. 20, so it's like 2077, yeah. I think? I believe that's yeah. what it, I believe yeah. what it's called. Um, I have a question. I've seen Andrew's kit, because he has like a bunch of sort of like medieval and mythological sort of things. Are there certain um, packs... I need to get for certain things, or can it, all characters be incorporated into that thing? You've got a picture that's cybernetic or something. That's a really good question. Yeah. Go so, ahead. Um, well, I know Andrew knows a lot about, especially kind of the um, the cyber, I don't know if it's cyberpunk really, but I was thinking about um, Starfinder. Um, but there's a lot of stuff out there. I would encourage you to, um, especially in the beginning, um, I think saving money and getting into it, just finding a place to plug in, um, is always what I start with. That way I can kind of get my feet with wet with something. I think you don't, the great thing about D&D is you don't have to spend a lot of money um, to really get into it because most of it's all done in your mind. You know, it's mostly imaginative. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, that's what I would suggest. I agree. I think ima imagination comes first. I think any tabletop piece, I mean, you notice we didn't have any figures here or anything. I think it all comes from your imagination first. And you can use those tabletop things or like, you know, visuals like that to fill in some blanks, but you know, if you're starting something with some buddies of yours and you're wanting to like get them involved, I think focus more on how you describe things and the tone you set with what you actually say. And then if you have some figures that go along with it or at school visual aids, then that's neat. But I think mm -hmm. your imagination can get you so much farther right. than any figure could ever get you. Yeah, there's you know, so I many think. times that we just like make things at last minute. Yep. He's always like writing stuff down and be like, all right, we're gonna do this. Uh, and always remember, it's a collaborative effort. When you're making a story, you can just sit down in a room yourself and write a novel if you want to make your story. But if you want to make a story with your friends, that's what that's what tabletop role-playing games are for. So just kind of making just the bare bones of it and letting all of your characters together with you flesh it out, that's, that's really what, what's going to make it great. Also, another thing, I do tend to struggle with, like, character dialogue lines because like i've noticed andrew um a lot of the times will sometimes segue from one character into flawlessly how do i kind of work from you know character a that has been made that i know i'm going to play to character b in the thousands upon thousands of possible ways the other character could respond to that you're talking about like all the npcs in the world yeah. npcs non-player npcs and pcs because okay. that's yeah i mean it, it's a lot of time just like at home cleaning and saying things out loud as Captain Abram or Commander Leon or Duke Erwin, just like having your thoughts come to mind with the voice. I really love audiobooks, and that's what opened me up to voice acting, that type of thing, but also podcasts are really great. Listening, hearing people do voices, watching films that have either different accents or whatever, just listening to it over and over and over again and trying to mimic it, um, it's it's all about that practice because that's that's it is a difficult skill and um, it does take a lot of like 
crazy time at home by yourself <laughs> talking to yourself. Well, looking uh, for you, I'm an introvert, so I don't go outside at all. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Keegan. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, anyone else have any questions for the Chasm Quest crew? Oh, nice. Yay. Hey, I'm Zoe. Hi, Zoe. Um, you can, you as my can sister move that down may a little bit. Yeah. earlier. Yeah, go ahead and. <laughs> no. Oh, the sisters here? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Nice. Um, we started finally playing a 5e. We got the Fandelver pack for nice. 5e um, oh. back in September. Anyway, we decided so. we wanted to play D&D, and I got nominated as DM. Because <laughs> nice. somebody had to do it. Um, yeah. So I think the biggest thing, I listen to several actual play podcasts mm -hmm. with D&D, and my question is a lot about um, finding your organizational methods for what notes you want to keep, um, and then finding the times when you're switching between DM voice and NPC voice, like not just what those voices are, but just like mm -hmm. finding the time to jump into the narrative with the group rather than actually narrating to the group. Right. Um, so advice on that and like kind of just stretching your imagination no? into those things. That's perfect. Do you, um, yeah, go ahead. Um, do you write at all? Uh, on your own, like other than D&D? &D? Do you do any like short stories or anything like that? I would say just give it a shot. Like just, if something pops into your mind, just even if it's just one page of just like a scene, um, that way you can just get used to like, how will this sound if I'm just writing dialogue or introducing a scene or those kinds of things. That's what helped me. Uh, I actually started more as just like writing short stories, novels, those kinds of things, and then realized I had way more fun writing stories with my friends, as Colin was saying, in the collaborative effort. Um, but if you want to hone in on that specific skill, I would say just like with the voice acting stuff, it takes a lot of like just personal hours of practicing writing out things. Uh, particularly though with this, um, I found there were times where I have my notes written, uh, even for the adventure we played today, um, where I had uh, DM exposition, and I realized just in the moment, I thought to myself, I've been giving a little bit too much exposition here, I'm going to say that phrase as Captain Abram, rather than giving the exposition. So I, if you listen to Chasm Quest, there's I think well over 16 yeah. NPCs that I'm switching between. <laughs> and that's because I wanted to make sure that there's always kind of someone for the, the DM to slip into to help set that scene, but also trusting your characters. Uh, that's huge yeah. uh, and yeah. has been huge for Chasm Quest, the recording that we've done and the playing that we've done is trusting the characters that they hear that first little bit of exposition and knowing that they'll be able to flesh that out as their characters. And that's something that like um, you can even bring to mind to the character, your player characters that you're um, DMing over. Just say like, hey guys, I might set a scene, um, but if you guys want to feel immersed into this, take those key things and really utilize your setting. Uh, and that'll help key in your PCs to always be paying attention so that you're not over giving like too much exposition. And then like I said, throwing an NPC in there to mm -hmm. point out, oh, I think that that rock is loose up there. Perhaps we could uh, climb up that way if you find things getting bogged down or rolls. Um, being pretty low on the PCs. End. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to get into dialogue rather than yeah. just talking oh, to yeah. each because there's plenty of times I can ask questions to him, Andy, to see like what's going on. But instead, I'll just go get into character and just ask his NPC what I want to do. 
and that turns out better because yeah. it opens up the floor for them to say some stuff too. Mm -hmm. And I think you gotta you gotta be ready to think on your feet because your PC like you could you could describe like every detail about like the bar that they walk into to start the adventure, but then one of your PCs might be like. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna climb up into the rafters and you were like, well, I didn't design rafters in this bar, but you got to roll with it because they're gonna like if Literally. you make your world cr interesting enough, then they will want to start adding asking questions and adding things in that you never thought would be there. But then you can say either yes or no, and usually the best thing is yes, you can do that, mm -hmm. and if you do, you might fall and hurt yourself. But like yes and that's always the most important mm -hmm. thing. You can jump off the cliff and try and yeah. smash <laughs> the guy in the, the giant in the face, but Right. He also might throw you into the <laughs> ground, you yeah. know? I know um, my first game that I DM'd, uh, I was a little overwhelmed by the idea of writing something myself um, because I, I'm just not gen a super creative person. Um, and so I did buy uh, the the Pathfinder Rise of the Rune Lords um, whole set, and I pretty much just ran the book. I didn't add anything directly into it. And especially with a, a, a campaign that old, because that's that's been around for a good while, um, a lot of the content in that book really helps uh, you go from zero to 60 as a brand new DM um, and mm -hmm. run stuff. I mean, you, literally, I just uh, read out loud the, the italicized paragraphs, and that set the scene, and I was able to step back and let my characters run and do what they wanted. And for me, that helped keep a, 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 a really good structure, something I, that someone has already done a lot and let me kind of slip into. Uh, kind of a more fleshed out skeleton. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that uh, uh, creating your own and writing your own story isn't, I think, so much more rewarding, uh, but is, for me at least, was just yeah. a little daunting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think it just, with like, whatever, whatever fits your player style, like, however, whatever you feel most comfortable with, because uh, the game that I DM with everyone, it was, it kind of, it started off like that, and then I just went into just improving everything, and I didn't, I didn't even plan anything like Andrew's doing. It was mostly just like, I'd sit down for maybe a couple hours before a session and just kind of like get a, a scaffold of what I, <laughs> of what I wanted, and then just kind of, yeah. Allow the magic of what happens fill in that those that outline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you if you psych yourself up too much for it, then you know, just kind of gotta. Get loose before you before you get out there see, and, uh, and DM. Yeah. yeah, that was really good advice. Being able to say yes to your PCs oh, is going to yeah. mean mm -hmm. a much more enjoyable um, venture for for you and your players and the other players with them. I mean, because you might see them being frustrated, but don't be scared to improv back consequences. Just like uh, Roy said, with like if someone climbs the rafters, okay, give me a, yes. a, a dexterity <laughs> check Roy. with disadvantage or something like that. Especially if you really want to see them fall on their face and, and kill them <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, let's open it back up. Uh, does anyone else want to ask any questions? Yeah. These are three more questions than I thought we were going to get. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, thank Third you. one's a charm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hi, thanks guys for doing this. Yeah, um, I you. have never actually played D&D yet, so um, that yet is on there for cool. sure. But um, So this was really cool for me to see. Um, one thing that I noticed is it seems like, Andrew, you kind of have a little bit of knowledge of things about your PCs that the other players don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you guys have like communication outside of this group with each other? Like, hey, this is some part of my story that nobody else should know yet. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, do you make plans for things that might come up? Can you talk a little Good bit about question. that? Yeah. yeah, great question. Yes. Oh man, that's my favorite part about Chasm <laughs> Quest is each, 
all four of them, uh, let's see, we recorded January through April. That month of January that we decided, they had, I think, about three weeks to uh, create their characters and send me their backstories. I gave them the world and the material there. I was having one-on-one -on -one conversations with each of them, helping them flesh out their characters, especially since it was a world that I had created. And so yes, there, there are pages and pages of backstory that is written and fleshed out that these guys did uh, on their own time, and it's wonderful. And you know, I work with them and, and, uh, and say, okay, what's the information that you want known? What's the information that you want to be kept secret? Because I have found as a DM the best way to get PCs involved in the game, and if you listen to Chasm Quest, you'll see this um, just extraordinarily, um, is to allow their backstories to actually be a part of the world. Allow them to feel like they have written something that now exists in this world and incorporate it into that storyline. Uh, like today, we met um, Kal-un's stepdad, Adric, who <laughs> hasn't, he hasn't even probably read or looked at since January. Yeah, never been mentioned. Like these three never knew yeah. about him yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, I, I when I was. said, wait, what? I was like, yeah. seriously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. beating the And then we beat up yeah. a one armed man. Yeah. It was just like, uh, <laughs> oh. But First time as I with all things, there are someone. consequences within the world. Right. So, like that now, you know, there's now a whole stream of new possibilities that, that can go and connect with the main storyline yeah. through Kaloon's character and through a character that he wrote. Adric the Anvil was written by. Um, Colin that I incorporated into my world. Uh, and the same goes for Rory, Telnius, and Ayas. There are many right. things within their backstories that help. And I can even have relationships with NPCs. If you listen to our demos, you see that the NPCs already have relationships with most of the characters, and that carries into the main storyline. And what I love about writing the backstory for your character and kind of developing that is it allows you to slip into that character when you're playing and make decisions for that character that you, like Micah, would not have made, right? And so you know this about Telnia. So this is the kind of person he does. These are the things he thinks about. And so this is the, the type of decisions he would make that's totally different than who I am, right? But that helps to uh, make a story that feels a lot more fleshed out and real and, and like this character is not just some flat, you know, like, oh, this is just me with magic powers, you know? It, which that makes it a lot of fun if we're all doing that sort of mm -hmm. thing. You know? I don't know, Colin, Kaloon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds similar. <laughs> Walking in with a, a with a three dimensional character is really important because you write you write their backstory and it's what they've done, but it's more important to figure out who they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, and I, I think in just storytelling in general, when you introduce a character, you don't say. You know, this is Beric the wizard, and he grew up here, and he went through these hard things, which has led him to be this at this moment. No, you just go in and you have him act mm -hmm. as if he's gone through those things, and that makes him a much more engaging character for the yeah. reader, or the listener, or whatever. Okay. So, like, the backstory is important for you to know going, and how is he going to act? And the listener knowing that there is a backstory is more important than them knowing the backstory, I think. And, the, and yeah. part of that, like, just the more you put into a character, like in the backstory, it just allows you to bring up so much more things in conversation. And yeah, you just have more to think about, yeah. like how your character would actually react to a situation like this. Mm -hmm. And that's super helpful. And yeah, it allows you to retain continuity within your own character's personality. Mm -hmm. So like for instance, I didn't know how Kaloon was going to act 
until our first recording session. Like I'd written out his backstory and then uh, Andrew, and I don't know if any of you have listened, but we, we, we recorded what we called demo episodes, which ended up being the beginnings episodes that we've actually already put down on our, on our channel. <laughs> yeah. And the first time uh, that Andrew spoke to me in character and I had to respond in character, that's when I figured out, oh, okay, this is who Colin is, and this is how I'm going to play him for the rest of the campaign. That's awesome. So, yeah, and I will say, like, it is not only to the benefit of me as the as the grand storyteller, but I think more of the reward is seeing these four guys feel fully immersed in a world that I just kind of fandangled in my mind, mm -hmm. and seeing them immersed in that is like. So, like so awesome. I can write as many cool, badass uh, NPCs as I want, but to see my best friends play in a world that I made and actually feel real in it um, is is really rewarding and I think has kept them interested through yeah. all the crazy stuff that we've yeah. been through to get this podcast out. If I could also add, this is a little bit unrelated, but I think playing this campaign and having it recorded made us think so much more about our interactions, yeah. about staying on point with the story, whereas... We, the same group of guys have played other campaigns and we just went off the rails making jokes and <laughs> talking over each other. So I think there's an important lesson still happens, there. Of, it does still happen occasionally. <laughs> not as much. But I think there's an important lesson, like almost, even if you're not recording it, play as if you were. Like play as if this is, like, this is how the story is going hmm. and anything we say you know, could actually have implications about how the story is Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think after doing this, I don't know that I would like to play D&D &D any other way. Yeah, I mean, maybe true. just throwing it together would be fun occasionally, but this has been the most immersive D&D &D game I've ever played, and I think that's because we are so mindful of the fact that we're being recorded and that there are hundreds of listeners listening to it, you know, and that's Thousands, just, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> millions, <laughs> trillions. Know, I, let's just the say words millions. out now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, every, you guys come up with a number. <laughs> every download is played on a speaker in a, in a public area. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> awesome. Do we have any more questions from the audience? Yeah. Go for it. From the unicorn. Nice. Yeah, I love the costume. That's awesome. Bi Bi Binicorn? It's the Adventure Zone. Nice. Yeah, we got an Adventure Zone reference in here. That's awesome. Amazing. Oh, nice. So I was curious about what like D&D podcasts or YouTubes or whatever you guys listen to or watch that inspired you to do this campaign and do it as a podcast and if there's anything that influences how you play your characters or how you run the game mm -hmm. or just ones you really like. Thanks. Let's oh. just go down the line. Yeah, we'll just yeah the oh my gosh. First. Well, the, the one podcast that made me decide, like, I want, to, I want to maybe do a podcast, there's a little one called Dames and Dragons, and it's a group of five, uh, I think, college-age girls who have been friends for a very long time and listening, and it's Kat, the DM, um, she created the world, created the storyline, so I thought, I kind of thought like, oh, is this what you have to do in order to do a podcast? But then I listened to like Adventure Zone and realized they were using already written material, um, but I had already started making the world at that point, and I was just like, here we go, um, which I'm very happy that I did. But yeah, Dames and Dragons, just the way that they allow, they just invite you to sit around the table with them and hang out with them as friends, and I was like, this is the first 
this is one of the first times that I've seen that feeling captured on mm. microphone and being released to the public, that feeling of hanging out with friends. And as we get feedback from people, it seems like that's what we are uh, presenting yeah. as, that's more what I'm proud of than even like the in-depth storyline and the NPCs and the intertwining stories and all that. Yeah. It's like, we can just allow you listeners to like hang out with us. Mm, yeah. I actually had never heard a D&D podcast before we started this project. Um, <laughs> I, was, I had just gotten into the podcast game because my roommate, who helped with all the stuff today, he, uh, he was like, you've got to check out these podcasts. Like, uh, so I'm like, all right, what do I need to listen to? He's like, listen to like, Comedy Bang Bang, Spontaneous Nation, and stuff like that. It's just a bunch of improv Hello stuff. from the Magic Tavern. But, yeah, Hello from the Magic Tavern's a great All one. from Earwolf. <laughs> All from Earwolf. Our sponsor. And, uh, our sponsor. <laughs> hey, Earwolf, what's up? And then he suggested I listen to Dames and Dragons, and now I've listened to like every episode, so they're mm -hmm. great, and I mm -hmm. do love them. So actually, the I similarly didn't start listening to podcasts until recently, and the first podcast I listened to was Adventure Zone, and it was... One of the most early on, it was a little hard to keep up with, but I had a long commute to to drive to work, so I just kept with it. And then once you get to the part where Griffin starts making his own stuff, that's when I was completely enthralled. Um, and I've, you know, that's probably my favorite podcast that I've listened to. And since then, I've listened to a few others. Um, like I've started listening to Dames and Dragons recently. Um, I did listen to um, Acquis Acquisitions Incorporated a long time ago, but I only listened to like one episode because it was so hard to really get into. Um, but it's really long. It is, and it's wow. yeah, and it's unedited. It is just kind of tough, but um, yeah, Adventure Zone hands down. And I, I tried to. I love that we made a reference today to it by solving the puzzle. That was like, we, yes, we, uh, yeah. I oh, I didn't even realize that yeah. was more Adventure, Adventure Zone, Zone references. You solved my yeah, bridge. That was great. But yeah. Um, so yeah, Adventure Zone is definitely a big one. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, but none of them are D&D &D podcasts, and I still haven't. I, I thought about it when we started doing this. I thought about starting to listen to D&D &D podcasts, but then I thought, you know, I want to go into this like blind mm. and not like pull any... Yeah like bits or like chains of thought from anybody else. I just want to go in and like just be myself. Mm -hmm. But I think what's like what's more important about like when you when you start to create something rather than saying, well what have other people done that has been good and let's just do that because then you can just be kind of derivative, you know, like then you just create the thing that a lesser version of the thing that somebody's already made. I think you just figure out like well what kind of what kind of nerd are you? Like what kind of what kind of stuff do you like geek out about? Like and figure out how to incorporate that into the thing that you're making. For instance, like you read Game of Thrones, and you can tell that George R. R. Martin is a history nut, and he incorporates real history into this world that he's created. Because you know you read it, and it's not just fantasy. If you're a history nut, you can read into it and be like, "This is referencing this real world thing that happened in there," and draw that into the thing that you're creating. Um, so try and figure out like, well, what do I like? And how can I put that into this thing rather than just saying, I want to make this thing. Let's be similar to this other thing that's already out. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that, but I think right. it's important to, well, what's my version of this going to be? And you, I know you, you guys were, have uh, suggested Adventure Zone so many times, and I've still just had it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love it. I'd say as far as the, the yeah. podcast yeah. that I listen to as podcast, the Adventure Zone is the only one uh, besides ours that I just listen to from my phone. And... Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't believe that I just I didn't get you guys as uh, reference earlier. <laughs> it was easier yesterday. We were yeah. looking taco yesterday. 
Oh, oh nice. nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so one of but I do I do watch a YouTube channel called uh, called Funhouse and another one then some more on on Rooster Teeth. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that production company. Yeah, got one over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, we got one. Another <laughs> one. Yeah. And uh, we get another yeah, one. yeah, Funhouse does one called uh, Chwits and Crits, and that one's it's more of like a comedic inspiration for sure. There's nothing really like. You know, like there's nothing serious or, or life changing that happens. It's all just for comedic relief, but it's it's really fun. I'm, I think I'd give it a shot. One lesson that, that should be derived from stuff like that is just improv in general. Like yeah. the the yes and like mm-hmm. idea of going into it. Like you don't go in and if somebody says a joke that isn't that funny, be like that was a stupid joke. You know, <laughs> yeah. you laugh. Well, you do like, sometimes. Yes, you will a little. Bit. If, it's a, <laughs> if it's a really stupid joke. If it but plays like, into the joke. Yeah, <laughs> but if you know, you say. Let's let's figure out how to make that even better, mm. rather than just mm. like shooting it down yeah. and not not accepting it. Like that is a lesson to learn yeah. from mm-hmm. stuff like that. Cool. Do we? Uh, I think we got time for like one more question. Oh. Yeah, go only for because it. we talk for yeah. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can I get into D and D more? I occasionally join my friends' games, but other than that, uh, it's about as much D and D as I play. So you'd like to play D and D more than you do? Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, like I said, there are community groups like the, like the library that are doing, um, that run programs and stuff like that. But also, um, even if it's just like two other friends or something like that, and you guys are just making up stuff and rolling D20s, and even if it's not like the actual rules, you guys are making story, like I use the mechanics for the sake of the story. So if you're making stories with your friends and enjoying it, um, because Dungeons and Dragons is a game, if you're not having fun, why are you all wasting your time uh, sitting around the table? Um, if it's like stressful or if you like contention between your friends, like then you know it's not going well. Mm-hmm. So I would focus on just like having a good time with your friends and make, seeing how D&D can fit into that. So um, yeah. Yeah, you don't even I, need like this many people to do it. Um, yeah, when I first started, I started in uh, 3.5 back seven years ago or so, seven or eight years ago, and it was literally just me and one of my coworkers who said that he's got all of this stuff for 3.5. He's got all the handbooks, he's got all the uh, the bestiaries, all that good stuff, and so him and I just took turns DMing just with just us two. And then we had another person from work join us and so on and so forth. So if you can, if you can start something and, uh, with even just like, you know, one or one or two friends that you feel like could, uh, could entertain you, that's great. And then if other people want to join in and see how much fun you're having, then that's even better. I think so much about, uh, a game like this is being able to surround yourself with people who, um, love and appreciate you in the game that you're playing together. And there's some, there's a certain amount of luck with like having the right friend group. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's a certain amount of it that you just, you, you don't know, but like there are steps that you can take to figure out like, how can I have more people around me who like and appreciate and enjoy me and the things that we do, you know, whether that's just like taking a more, um, personal interest in the people around you, like getting to know people, but then bringing them into something and using a game like this as a tool to build closer relationships. Like, Taylor, I barely knew you. Before. Yeah. We met once yeah. before mm-hmm. we started playing yeah. this game. I know, and I met I, Colin on our first day of recording. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Andrew, Micah, myself, and Colin uh, met 
well, you two knew each other way longer yeah. than that. But no. we all met in school, and so mm-hmm. we go back like seven or eight years now. But right. Taylor, I did not know you really right. at all before we started playing. But I feel like we were able to find like a sense of like kinship in in this, and then like mm-hmm. you just you immediately notice somebody is like we're we have these similarities. Let's be buds, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I think you can use something like that to build towards something greater, and I think that's. Like building towards a friendship with it is even more valuable. And, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and nothing breaks down uh, social barriers more than putting on a goofy voice yep. and <laughs> creating <laughs> pretend imaginary yeah. stories with your friends. It really it allows the child in you to like live and continue living and just playing with friends. That's like what you wanted. Like when you think back, I mean, you guys are still kids, so you get like the summers off and those kinds of things. But like when I think about having an entire summer off to just do nothing and hang out with my friends. Like, I wish that's I had what D&D I then. still want. Yeah, and yeah. I wish I had, yeah, been playing D&D. Yeah, yeah we all time. started when we were already adults. Yeah. So it's kind of... Yeah, yeah uh, do not make our mistake. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, going, going back to your question, it's, it's always good yeah. to roll, just rope people in. Just anybody who's around you, you, just grab them and yank them in. There's times, I mean, I was roped in personally by our good friend Preston Hunt. He's in the audience now. Hi, Preston. <laughs> he, uh, he told me to come out to a game and I've loved it ever since. And since then, Andrew's actually invited his roommates a few times and they hate the game, but mm-hmm. they come anyway and oh, we really? just end up having a good time. <laughs> it's probably because of the hot tub at your house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. It's probably that. No, they do enjoy. Yeah. And uh, are you, real quick, are you local? So if you're looking for a group that's already formed, I would, like Andrew was saying, start at the library. And if you don't like that group, I'm sure there'll be plenty of other yeah. information there on where you might be able to find well, other, yeah. other local campaigns. Gaming stores around here like GameKeep, uh, GameCave, um, even some comic book places like Rick's Comic City, I think. Um, mm-hmm. These places have uh, D&D groups that meet weekly. And mm-hmm. um, oftentimes you can uh, just come in and say, hey, I've never played. I'd love to start playing. Um, and, and find openings. But I think right now, probably the library would be uh, the best spot. Or if maybe there was some, I don't know, like fan-based convention you could go to <laughs> and then just Shoot. Like, throw a rock and hit 20 nerds outside who would love to play D&D with you. <laughs> no, that's true. I, don't, I don't think that's... <laughs> you think it's a bad idea? No, I don't think Never that's mind. possible. Bad idea. <laughs> don't throw yeah. rocks at people. Good. Yeah. Take any advice from this. Don't throw rocks at people. Or uh, just animals. warn them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one, I'm going to keep throwing rocks unless you play Dungeons and Dragons yeah. with me. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Uh, I yeah. applaud yeah. you for sticking through with us. We and want to uh, take some time to thank Ray. Oh. The setup here has been lovely. So thank, thank you, you, Ray, for setting us up with all the mics and everything. She's and uh, thank you to Sam for the, uh, all the equipment and all the extra help because he, uh, he keeps us running. And thank you all for listening to our Q&A from Hypericon 2018 here in Nashville, Tennessee. We had a blast performing and answering questions and uh, look forward to more live shows where we can meet and interact with our listeners. A gentle reminder that Chasm Quest is a completely independent podcast, so please continue to spread the word of Tesla to your friends. Oh, and make sure to review us on iTunes. It helps us out so much. And if you do, we'll give you a shout out here on the podcast. Overall, we just want to thank everyone in the D&D podcasting community who has embraced us, given us shout outs. We feel so welcomed and we love listening to what you guys are working on. And yeah, next week we'll be releasing episode six. So make sure you're subscribed to get that as soon as it's released. Now, go in peace in the name of
of Tesla.